We didn't get confirmation on Oscar Isaac yet, though, have we? On twenty ninety nine. I didn't. I didn't see anything. Yeah, so we got those other two guys. I think Schwartzman's an interesting choice, to be honest. That was like when I saw that, I'm like, oh, okay, that makes sense. He's that guy. He kind of gives off voice actor vibes. Like he can sound a little bit zany, you know. He's not exactly. You know what's crazy about him? Uh, his mother. Oh right, who's his mother again? Talia Shire. That right, right, right. This is the triangle, right? <laughs> who's the father? No, this is it. Oh my god, I'm not. This is gonna kill me. Talia Shire has a son, and that son is Jason Schwartzman. Um. Star of Dad. Rushmore. Star of Marie Schwartz. Antoinette. Talia Shire. Yeah. Wes Anderson favorite. Yeah, Wes Anderson, because Rushmore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, That's no, he's the, the most prominent role. You think? I like for some reason I can see him being like a supporting character in a lot of stuff. Like I see him like Scott Pilgrim. Yeah, that's what I think of. I was thinking like I can imagine him like as a side character in The Boys or something, <laughs> like in an episode. I think or something. Mm, I, I think he's a that. little too big for The Boys. Yeah, no, he's a big name, but he's not a huge name. You know, he's just like recognizable. The, but like when you look at his filmography, like what really stands out other than Rushmore? You know that he. No, I was done. right when I said like he's too big for The Boys. I think he's not, but his name says he is. You know what I mean? It's one of those classic ones. You say Jason, like you say you say his name. It's like. Hmm, Jason Schwartzman, that's a big name. And it's not like, like he underachieved really, though? Or anything. Like, you know, like you think of him like, oh, he's like Owen Wilson type, like, you know, but he's not even close to that, especially when you look at his resume. Yeah. You, I think you were thinking of the Wes Anderson collab right there. Yeah. No. Well, he was in a, what was he? Fantastic Mr. Fox, another voice role. Yeah. Rushmore, uh, Darling Limited, 07, I think. So, he and Battle then. Rocket, is he in that one? Probably. And was he in? That's a... the Wilsons. See the third one? I never saw Bottle Rocket, to be honest. Um, I want to say yes, yeah. but yeah, but yeah, no, it, it makes sense. I think everything. Like I'm just looking at now. Moonrise Kingdom again. Another Wes Anderson. Grandpa the yep. Best Hotel. So he's just. He's like a weird. He's... he's a weird actor for a weird director, like Wes Anderson. And he's gonna be in Asteroid City, isn't the one with all the stars? Yeah. So he kind of leans on. He can thank uh, Wes Anderson for a career. And he was yeah. a fresh dispatch, which I still haven't seen. It's been on HBO Max. Everyone's in that one, though. Yeah. Let's get to the episode. This is the Drive-In Podcast. Take one. Bada bing, bada boom. Welcome to episode 114 of the Drive-In Podcast. On today's episode, we have the checkup with yours truly, Dr. O, along with our review of Adam Sandler's newest film for Netflix, Hustle. So use the bathroom now, grab that popcorn, and enjoy episode 114 of the Drive-In Podcast. Howdy Duty, episode 114 of TDI has arrived. This is Dr. On the Horn. 
Uh, we have immaculate summer vibes, right, throughout the country right now, throughout the world right now. Okay, Ricky Flex, you look you got a mean tan this weekend. Do you want to get provide any details on what you were doing? You look much much more tanner this weekend than you looked red like a tomato last weekend. Yeah, my my uh my redness has turned into a tan. It's fantastic. Limited amount of peeling, mainly just on my shoulders. So it's fantastic. But yeah, this weekend actually, I wanted to bring this topic up. So this weekend I went on a plane. Okay, I flew to an undisclosed location, but. I had a 6 a.m. flight. All right. I decided and the flight was uh, a little over two hours. Okay. So I'm like, all right, do I watch a movie at 6 a.m.? Didn't get a lot of sleep the night before. I'm like, no, I'm not going to sleep. I just don't sleep on planes. But will I watch a movie on the plane at 6 a.m.? I decided not to. I needed to catch what? up on some reading. Okay. But Who listen, is this guy? Right, just hold it. Hold up. Hold up. Just listen to the whole story. Just give me 60 seconds. This is a sin. So just wait. So I, I'm reading a book. I'm in the middle seat. The guy next to me, I get there. He's watching the office before the flight leaves. Right. And like an hour in, like we have an hour into the flight, two hour flight. So the next hour, he's like trying to pick out a new movie. And I'm like watching him go through all like 190 pages of this movie selection. I'm like, all right, like, come on, it. buddy. You got to freaking yeah. pick a movie. And like, I'm like, it's only an hour left. So like watch a documentary or something. You're not going to finish a movie. You know what movie this guy picks? This guy next to me, who I thought was like, okay, when I had to use the bathroom, he was like, he's like, oh, so uh, what's up, bud? Yeah, no worries, buddy. And like, in a nice way, whatever. He seems like a cool guy. He picks Dune. For an hour left. For an hour left. Ricky, I thought, Dune. I thought you were going to get so agitated with the person next to you, like selecting a movie that you're just going to be like, I recommend like the U thirty for thirty. I almost said <laughs> it. I, I almost gave him a little nudge because like I I briefly talked to him a little bit. You know, I, I, you should have said something after he picked Dune. Like, dude, do you know I anything about you, this movie? Yeah, I was like, oh, because he obviously did not know what he was getting into. He just saw the poster and he's like, oh crap, I know this movie's big. So on the way back last night, I get in. It's like a nine thirty flight. I know I'm not going to sleep on the plane. I'm like, all right, I have to watch a movie. All right. I know I'm not going to read. I'm so tired from my trip. I'm watching a movie. It's got to be under two hours. So I'm thinking, oh, this is a potential great draft idea in the future. Best movies to watch on a flight. Mm. But I think this one was perfect. And I haven't seen it before. And it's new, which was nice and appealing. It was fun, exciting, like no plane crashing. Right. That's good. The Lost City. With ah. Brad Pitt, Sandra Bullock, and Channing Tatum. Awesome flight movie. Great. Under two hours, just under two hours. Like the plot, obviously there's some plot holes, but it, it hit all the notes and had some some shocking uh sequences at, at times. Daniel Radcliffe was actually really good. I really did MTV like him. best villain winner, Daniel Radcliffe. Like the movie was best a villain. perfect flight movie. Like it was actually, I'm very satisfied. I get I give it a 73. Out of 174, maybe 73, I'll stick to. Wow. I was very thrilled at this movie. And I'm like, I no wonder it got such a big like applause at the box office, how it did so well. Like it totally makes sense, not just from the stars, but it was actually pretty good. I like that draft idea. Um, last time I was on a plane, Ricky Flex, I was thinking similarly. I was coming back from Miami. Not a big deal. Uh, but when I was coming back, I wanted to find a shorter movie that I had not seen before. And I think I already told you this. So I'll tell the listeners. I watched Nobody for the first time. And that was also an amazing flight movie. Yes. That, that has that same vibe, right? That's, it's like 80 minutes so long. 
action, turn your brain off for a sec, be purely entertained, pass the time by, also a great pick. Like, like Lost City of Lost City seemed like it was a mindless movie, just judging yes. by like the promotion of it. A little romance, no. stars, action. Is it supposed to like be almost a spoof of Romance in the Stone, or is it just yeah, like it, it's basically it's not it's not a spoof movie, but it has it's the same concept. It's like exaggerated a little bit. Or yeah, it's like yeah. it's almost it knows what it is. Yeah, exactly. It it definitely knows what it is, and like they do like they do have its spoof elements. But I will also say one other thing. So I got to the airport way too early on the way back, and I again I knew I, I'm not gonna read. I got, I'm going to watch a movie at this airport using airport Wi-Fi. So I'm like on prime video. I want, I don't, I don't use prime video a lot, but I was watching the boys this weekend. So I'm like, Oh, I, I got to use prime video more for movies. Cause they actually have really good movies. Uh, they have a good movie catalog. So I'm like surveying it, you know, and I see, Oh, I haven't seen Bill and Ted's uh, face the music yet. Mm. And I forget legacy sequel. Yeah. Legacy sequel. Right. I was in that, mind mind that state of mind with top gun do you know the rotten tomato score on this movie it's like 80 it's 82 this movie was awful wow and i am the biggest bill and ted fan this movie doesn't sound like it this movie was awful so what's worse dumb and dumber dumb and dumber 2 legacy sequel or bill and ted legacy sequel okay this was much better than that (laughs) but like like i would go like Noho Hank, limited amount of time here. Anthony Kerrigan from Barry. Damn it. Limited amount of time. Did not utilize his strengths enough until the second half of the movie, and it was still limited. Like Bill and Ted just they had their moments, but they relied on nostalgia way too much. Like, I want to go in the 40s, but I could I I really want to say 44. It was pretty bad. I, I could go lower, but I'm never gonna see it what, again. So I wasn't can't. Wasn't that confirm. funded by fans, that movie? Wasn't that a, it, a grassroots operation where there was like a petition or something at least like to have a sequel be made? Well, I have a feeling that happened. If it did, the budget was twenty five million dollars. Mm. So that would be a lot of money if, if that was the case. Yeah. So I like I can't see Alex Winter still having it. Like like he's been behind the camera for a long time now. Hasn't been a prominent it, actor, but also Keanu trying to channel like him being a real dope in a movie again like like it's not believable it plays well when you're a teenager like that when you're hitting those catchphrases but i can see it kind of sounding cringy but yeah this is so cringy and like the storylines like they like go back they kind of mix excellent adventure and bogus journey into one and they incorporate the daughters who i actually don't think were that bad i think they were pretty good and their storyline was like okay but there was just a lot of like trying to rely on the nostalgia that didn't work and the cringeworthy factors were just so bad yeah, it was it was so bad at points, and now I'm looking at the uh, Metacritic is 65, IMDb's 5.9 out of 10. Now this more aligns with my train of thought here. 82, I'm still in shock. You weren't a fan of the big muscle scene. That was bad too. That's that was a, I, I was bad. like that's that was getting a lot of press when the trailers popped out. Yeah, it was just I was shocked. I thought it was gonna be pretty good because I'm, I'm such a huge fan. And like, of course, there's no George Carlin, which was like such an iconic character, Rufus, yep. in the first, yeah. So, but Rufus, yeah, whatever, badass. So big, big movie weekend for me, even though I did not watch a movie on my six a.m. flight. Yeah. Okay, big movie week, but I, I guess like flight home. Like I get half half a movie weekend. You know, like I'm surprised you didn't watch one on the way there. That's pretty disrespectful to the podcast, and I think you owe an apology to the fans. 
you were you you were fraud on the way to Alabama. I apologize for absolutely nothing. <laughs> At least have a movie on while you're like reading something. Give us some background music. Maybe a maybe a movie podcast you throw on. Maybe the drive-ins latest where we went over the maybe boys season one through three recap. Right. Maybe do a little do a little homework. Maybe study strength and weaknesses. I think we should get on to the checkup now. Uh, we got to start off with a legend, right? Who sadly passed away at the age of ninety. Philip Baker Hall has passed away. Uh, Philip Baker Hall, known for numerous roles <clears throat> in Paul Thomas Anderson movies. Uh, he's in Heart Eight. He is in uh, Boogie Nights. He's in Magnolia. He's also known for roles in Bruce Almighty, etc. Ricky Flex, what was your relationship with uh, Philip Baker Hall? I think so. When we did this best supporting actors draft, we kind of drifted away from, at least in my eyes, like what the draft should have been, which is like true supporting. Like you are like not even like the main supporting guy sometimes. Like sometimes you're like down the block supporting. And maybe you had your own movie once or twice that was a hit. This guy, Phil Baker Hall, is the quintessential like supporting character that's unbelievable or supporting actor that's unbelievable. He like almost never missed. And he works with the best, uh, uh, best directors, best filmmakers, particularly PTA was with PTA's first three films and particular, uh, and was the star in the first one, really the, really the main, uh, the lead. And really, I think that his journey to Hollywood was just so interesting. He didn't start until he was 30. Seemed like a late bloomer. Yeah. He was a late bloomer. He was a radio announcer and high school teacher. You'll appreciate this high school teacher in Toledo, Ohio, before going to Hollywood. Like this guy was again, late bloomer. He was in the army. Like before it was just how he got to Hollywood is just so weird. He doesn't have like that charming, good looks or anything. He just really was a good actor. And that got him to like, Oh, PTA is like, Oh, I got to get him in a movie. He's in hard eight. I think 96 boogie nights, 98 Mag- then 99 comes. Then he's like Magnolia, Truman Show, um, The Insider. Like he's just starting to reel out all these unbelievable movies because he's just that good of an actor. Everybody wants him in his movies, in their movies. Like we lost a good one today or a great one today. Obviously, he was very old. So just rest in peace. So he was a teacher that became an actor, huh? <laughs> you don't say. Just saying I got a chance. So um, Philip Baker Hall, iconic voice. First of all, so recognizable. Like if you saw him, if you if he was in an animated movie, I'd be able to instantly tell that it was Philip Baker Hall. Also, he had this way of like looking like he never aged in a lot of his movies. He looks like the same from like 1996 all the way till like the mid 2010s. Like he just looked, he looked like he didn't. He always had that sleek gray hair, but he just never looked like he was like pushing like 90 to 100. I was shocked to hear that he was 90 years old. I was, I was thinking that maybe around 80 or something like that. Uh, my close relationship with Philip Baker Hall is not with PTA. Like I've, I've grown to love PTA over the years, but what I associate with Philip Baker Hall, is Bruce Almighty, uh, right? The boss of Bruce and Olin, right? Uh, it was, it was a, yeah, it's Bruce, Bruce Nolan. Uh, yeah. So I think that's where I first saw him. Uh, but he just seemed like a face that I saw in movies pop up all the time. And, uh, he always, did his job and he sometimes stole the show 
Okay. Uh, he did a great job in Magnolia. That's probably my favorite role I've ever seen him in. But definitely, I agree with you. Um, he was one of the great supporting actors. And really, he never really got a chance to be a lead actor. Maybe he started too late. But he has an interesting journey here. And, uh, well, he'll definitely be missed for sure. Yeah, and he just reminds me of like a J.K. Simmons now. Who like J.K. Simmons? He's he's hit the mainstream, right? He's like uh, Lieutenant James Gordon, right? Batman. Like he kind of hit that franchise, and now he's like really. This guy like, would have been a good Gordon. Yeah, like I just feel like this is like he walked so J.K. J.K. Simmons could run. You know what I mean? He kind of yeah. like start. He's like one of these guys that w- was again like walks so he could run. Uh, that classic story in Hollywood and sports and everything like that. And I think that just people know who he is. They just don't know his name or something like that. But it's like, oh, like, he's a great actor. And he's in all these great movies. Like Zodiac's another one. Yeah. Like he's in Zodiac. He's the trans, uh, the script translator or whatever. But uh, yeah, just will be missed. He always finds his way into amazing movies. Like I'm looking at now Rush Hour as well. You brought up the Truman Show. He was in Midnight mm. Run back in 88. Must have <laughs> been one of his earlier movies. Uh, yeah. Now this is like he was definitely beloved. He was definitely beloved, so it's sad to see him go. Uh, Moving along with the checkup today, uh, we got a title for the Knives Out sequel, Ricky Flex, and it's not Knives Out 2. So the new movie starring Daniel Craig, returning as Benoit Blanc, and also starring newcomers Edward Norton, Janelle Monae, Catherine Hahn, Leslie Odom Jr., Jessica Henwick, Madeline Klein, uh, Kate Hudson, and Dave Bautista. They're going to be starring in Glass Onion, right? a Knives Out tale. So this is a Ryan Johnson movie that's going to release this holiday season on Netflix. If we can recall back in 2019 when Knives Out, the original came out, it was on, it was Thanksgiving weekend, uh, did very well. Okay. So maybe they have some awards aspirations for this movie as well uh, compared to the original, which was nominated for best picture. So uh, Glass Onion, that's the name we got. Ricky Flex thoughts. Kind of lame. It's kind of lame. They're trying to play off this post donut comments from the first one. Mm-hmm. I feel like if it was called like knives out donut or something, donut <laughs> hole, donut hole. I think that would, I, I wouldn't have these, the same lameness to it. It would be like, Oh, it's a allusion to the first one. Ben Womp walks back and he's looking for that hole, the center of the hole or something like that. Whatever he, the metaphor is. Like, whatever. But Glass Onion, like... Is this a sexual like, innuendo you're referring to, Ricky Flex? <laughs> no. What, what is it? In the first one, right? I was just kidding. Okay. <laughs> but, uh... I want blocks. got to find the hole. <laughs> um, But, yeah, yeah. I just saw this, and I was like, eh. And there's rumors. It's just funny, because this comes out was it, June. It'll probably come around, like, Thanksgiving time again. And, again, Netflix not doing too hot right now. They need cash flow. And there's rumors that this will be their first movie that they go... To the big screens with i'm nervous this movie's gonna be bad just because of the title glass oh, onion no. so like i mean but i do want to say the vibes i got from this title it's it sounds like a short story you read in ninth grade of high school like glass onion right like the monkey's paw like it's to me it sounds like yes. similar to that uh so i guess i like the idea it's not titled knives out Two. only person returning presumably is uh, Benoit Blanc, Daniel Craig. So having a whole new cast, it really, you really wouldn't call it Knives Out too, unless like the core is returning. So I like that they're kind of steering away from that. Um, you changed yeah. my mind. You changed my mind. I don't think it's lame anymore. You, you the short story thing, detective story, Glass like a Sherlock Holmes. You changed my mind. Like the, 
Yeah, I actually don't mind it. Because onion is such an ugly word. That's the thing. Glass is a beautiful word. Onion is so ugly. It's like it's like they're just one. Well, it's it's like a Beauty and the Beast. When you said <laughs> glass right there, you made me think of uh, like Split, the sequel to Split and Unbreakable, the trilogy yeah. there. Glass, like, ugh, terrible. But uh, I love the holiday season release for Netflix. Seems like they're getting back on the high horse here. Seems like they're down bad and uh, they need a little pick me up. So maybe Ryan Johnson can provide this as Ryan Johnson. As this movie hits again, right? We know there's already going to be another sequel for Knives Out. And then it also gives them some momentum, maybe to kickstart that Star Wars trilogy that gets uh, that keeps Ford. getting put on the back burner by Kathleen Kennedy. Will it happen? But I don't know. This seems like Ryan, like Ryan Johnson's wheelhouse, and he seems comfortable writing these stories. You could put a title like Glass Onion out there. You got to be confident. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Uh, moving on with the checkup here. Uh, let's talk about some MCU. So the runtime for Thor Love and Thunder is revealed to be one hour and 59 minutes. It's the shortest MCU runtime since, I believe, 2018. You might have to correct me if I'm wrong. So we've had a, what that tells me, we've had a lot, a lot of long superhero movies lately. Not just team up projects, but solo jaunts for new coming superheroes, uh, including like Shang Chi. I'm thinking of. We know Spider Man No Way Home was super long because of what the story entailed. Um, what else we got? What, what movies have come out? Marvel, 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 Doctor Recently. Strange. Doctor Strange just came out. Thank Captain you. I Marvel. Shouldn't be, I shouldn't. I shouldn't be reminded. This is like dot. By the way, Ant Man and the Wasp was shorter. That was an out. That was an. That was twenty nineteen. It was an hour fifty eight minutes. Was that twenty eighteen or twenty eight? Twenty eighteen. That was right. That was the summer of Infinity War. Afterwards. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, hour fifty nine minutes. Any thoughts on the runtime? I I actually like it. Because there's a lot of obviously there's going to be a lot of things going on in this one, a lot of different gods at play, introducing a new villain. Got to explain Thor, the Guardians, right? But this tells me like, oh, like Taika's keeping it neat and like neat and tidy, organized. And we already hearing like again, like he came out with a quote today saying that like Gore, the, or it was either him or Chris Hemsworth, but I want to say it was Taika. He said like that Christian Bale is like, the best MCU villain, but also like the deepest and the most connect, like the one you feel the most sympathy for. So like that just makes me feel like all right. This is going to be a, a great performance. Like, I am ready for this. And an hour 59 to explain that, to explain the Guardians, to explain Thor, Jane, like Valkyrie, like everything. I, I really have higher, even higher hopes after seeing this runtime. Like 119 minutes. That ain't, that, that's not going to, that's not, that ain't no short. You know, that, like, that's a decent sized movie. It's like, just under two hours. Per, it's, still it's honestly a, a perfect. Long flick. So, uh, yeah, that's what it should be. I think I think 119 minutes should be like most MCU films. If you're pushing two and a half hours, it better be an Avengers movie, or it might be a Spider-Man movie that has three different Spider-Man. But we also got a first look, not a first look. We got another look, a uh, short 30 second teaser. We got a little bit more of the Gore the God Butcher, right? New look, okay, wearing the white cloak. He's got like the Danny DeVito penguin gush coming out of his mouth. Looks like he's like eating an octopus just like the deep in the last in episode three of the boys uh what else do we get in that trailer that, that sneak peek ricky flex anything noteworthy um just like thor confirming like yes we have to team up like i'm gonna oh. build the best team right yes. and he like mentions jane korg and we get the like the cool character posters from those like intros what are you thinking and he mentioned the guardians Yes, he mentioned the Guardians is, being part is, of that, that team. That is an important detail because what our theories when we first saw the first trailer was very heavy Guardians on that teaser trailer. We were kind of like 
torn where it's like, are they just going to be in the first part of this movie? But the fact that Thor is building a team, will they reunite with Thor in the final battle? I think that this is this is what you, you, you just lit a spark in me, Ricky Flicks, all right? Flame under my butt, okay? So I think that there's a good chance that they show up in, I guess, the last part of this movie now, right? Judging yeah, by I the, agree. the way he was speaking. Yeah, I, I, I still think that they're more than a cameo, right? And in that trailer, like you see Peter Quill, Chris Pratt's like, like trying to give him a speech saying like, you know, it's the ones around you that like care about you the most. And then Thor's like doing the joke when he in like goes in the screen or whatever. Um, I think that like he's going to play a, 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 a he just coming off. It's going to be the first time we see him post uh, Endgame. Right. So like he's going to be vulnerable, obviously, after Gamora's death. So he's going to bring some perspective to Thor here. So I think he's actually going to be an influential part in this movie. Like, and will he, he need that screen time, like an ample amount of screen time? Maybe not, but will he be influential? Yes, I do think so. Yeah, Pratt's going to, Pratt's going to need a little pick me up after this past, uh, after the re reviews for uh, world dominion came out, although it did make 400, nearly $400 million, like in its worldwide, uh, worldwide uh, box office opening weekend. Um, Cheers. Something really quick, extended cut of Spider-Man No Way Home is titled Spider-Man No Way Home. The more fun stuff version is going to release in theaters on September 2nd. Any plans to check this out, Flix? I, I'm torn. I'm torn. So what, what was the date again? September 2nd. What's out September 2nd? Yeah, is there better options? Like, do we have to go see this? Crap, oh. I think the only thing out is the Sylvester Stallone movie, which I don't think looks very good. I'll tell you what, Ricky. I'm. I don't think I'm going to see this. I, I. don't think I'm down for it. I think it's going to be like very kind of bloopery. I think it's kind of it's Disney gonna, Plus. It, Wait it, for Disney Plus. But I. Yeah. Yeah. When Sony can actually. When Sony actually oh, right. gives Spider-Man materials to uh, Disney Plus. But that's going to happen. That will happen eventually. There was that deal that was made. Uh, I want to say a year ago, maybe less. But going on, I just think that. Uh, I unless like they show like maybe villains that were cut, maybe they show Eddie Brock. Okay, maybe Venom's a part of this one because there were scenes shot right with Eddie Brock. Right? Am I right about that? Or at least there was concept art of allegedly Venom in Spider-Man No Way Home. Maybe he this shows is going to be a, in this version. This is this is where we'll see it. Right? And I honestly am just I'll, like, I'll not, wait. I'm not interested if it's like not going to be a coherent story though. Like if they're just showing like, okay, this is what we're going to do. This is what we're going to do. Like it's almost like a you're putting out a behind like a DVD like extended like deleted scenes or whatever. You're just putting it in theaters instead. Don't necessarily love that. Um, yeah. yeah. So just like if you put that on on YouTube or something, yeah, I'll check it out. But <laughs> I don't think. I'm yeah, really like it, exactly. Like if I rather just like you know if uh, Venom could had a bigger part in the story in one of the versions and they showed that in this, it's like. Mm. Okay, that's cool, but like in the actual movie and implications going forward, like he doesn't. So I could wait. Like I want to know someone's going to tweet it out after they see it. So I'll find out about it at the same time as everybody else. So I'm not going to be like spoilered or I'm not, I'm not going to have FOMO. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not like, <laughs> yeah. I, I guarantee you this is going to make like total probably $100 million at the box office when it comes back. It's going to get some decent numbers. Yeah. It's going to, it's done. For all right. And a more fun version of No Way Home. It's going to make at least $100 million, probably. I'm trying to think, like, upcoming movies that are coming out, right, in theaters. Like, I'm trying to think of a comp of, like, what movie can it be? Like, at the box office, like a brand new movie. So we have Lightyear coming out this weekend. I think Lightyear will beat that. 
um, Elvis biopic. Do you think? I don't know. <laughs> I don't think Elvis biopic will beat it. No. Yeah, I think I think Spider Man will beat Elvis biopic. Yeah, like hundred percent. I don't like you put Spider Man, the three men coming back on the big screen. Like it's gonna outdo. People are Oz dying to see it. Elvis movie. Yeah, <laughs> uh, we just gotta understand our surroundings here. But uh, let's continue. Uh, we got more Spider Man news, but not related to the MCU. Jason Schwartzman is gonna voice the Spot, right? One of the primary antagonists for Miles Morales in the comic books for across the Spider-Verse. So Spot's body is covered in interdimensional portals that can send him anywhere he wants to go. He can also make portals appear out of thin air to transport objects and people at will. We also had multiple other castings for this movie that were revealed. Jorma Takone will voice the Vulture in Across the Spider-Verse. Curious what his design is going to look like in this one after looking at Dr. Octopus and Green Goblin in the initial Spider-Verse. And also Shea Wiggum has been cast as the voice of George Stacy in Across the Spider-Verse. Uh, any takeaways? I guess let's talk about the villain. Let's talk about the villain. Not even just Jason Schwartzman voicing it. What do you think about the, uh, the spot as the villain, primary antagonist supposedly for Across the Spider-Verse? Yes, Schwartzman, just real quick, fitting, makes sense, especially after seeing the first one with all the voice castings of this one. I feel like him and Jake Johnson, that's a good duo. Like I was going to say, they're so comparable. Yeah, him <laughs> and Jake Johnson, that, that it's just, yeah. this makes sense. And Spot, I will say, name iffy, but based on the powers, makes sense. And his powers, like, what did we just see? Doctor Strange 2, Multiverse of Madness. Reminds me of American Chavez type situation yeah. going on there. So kind of playing Perfect off of that, story. I think, yeah, I think that this will be, like, that'll be a nice lead-in uh, for this as well. No, I think, it, and again, you said you, you mentioned the comic book reference, like one of the bigger big uh, bads for Miles Morales. Like this makes sense for a sequel, bringing a bigger bad, not a Spider-Man bad, like a Kingpin, like core Spider-Man, bringing a Miles Morales villain. This makes sense. Seems like a lot of fans were clamoring for this type of character um, earlier on when people were like, like, I guess, trying to predict what the villain for this movie was going to be. I think even people were mentioning the spot as a potential villain for like no way home that people wanted to see. Like there is some clamoring. It's definitely a newer villain because Miles Morales is a newer character. Right. Uh, so yeah. So interdimensional portals that could send him anywhere. Like that's the spider verse vibe. You see a still of Miles Morales and spider Gwen fighting. We're also going to get George Stacy. Okay. Captain Stacy, Shay Wiggum. Right. That's exciting. I guess Shay Wiggum also has got a very recognizable voice. Um, he seems like also a perfect fit for this type of cast where most of them are like supporting characters in a lot of projects, but they're lending their voices here. Just like, as we said, a Schwartzman or a uh, Jake Johnson. I think also we should bring up, it hasn't been confirmed. I don't believe that uh, Oscar Isaac will be playing Spider-Man 2099 in this movie. It's, it's presumed. Right, because I believe he played him in the extra uh, post credit scene or voiced him in the post credit scene for Into the Spider Verse. Mm. So I think it's almost safe to assume that he'll be a part of this. I'm getting a feeling that Spider Man 2099 is going to be at first a villain in this movie and then take the side of one Miles Morales to help and the other Spider Men and women to help take down the spot. I think it's an educated prediction. Yeah, I think so. I think at first they'll think they're foes but really they're on the same team like deadpool cable vibes yes yes exactly maybe not to the not maybe not to the dramatic if, uh, extent of killing but yes all right so cross spider-verse anytime we get news like that feed it to us all right very excited <laughs> for that upcoming movie uh sad it's been pushed back till next year but we'll keep going 
Chris Hemsworth says his Hulk Hogan biopic directed by Todd Phillips is still a while away in the development stage. Uh, Chris Hemsworth has previewed right on Instagram that he was going to be playing Hulk Hogan. Seems like he's a little premature with the workout videos. Hopefully he could sustain this body for the next year until filming happens. I think he can do it. Directed by Todd Phillips, also been in the news lately because he's working on Joker 2. Right, presumably starring Joaquin Phoenix. He posted a picture of Joaquin reading his uh, early script. So, I mean, this is a biopic that has potential to like branch Hemsworth out a little bit away from the superhero game, but at the same time, still keep that charisma. Uh, what I guess, what were your initial reactions upon seeing that this is going to be pushed back for a bit? I think this is a bigger story than what's being made out, what it's being made out to be right now, and I think it's similar to what we saw with the rock and black Adam shine some light. It's not good. I, I, th- I really do. Chris Hemsworth's got his toes and everything. We got spider head coming out later this week. Extraction two will be coming out. Uh, that's definitely that's Netflix really wants that to, to come out sooner than later with the, their subscriber numbers coming. And he's still got Thor still in the MCU. So he's still got those three things. Definite like powerhouse movies for three separate studios. Like definitely problem. Then Todd Phillips, what just got confirmed last week, Joker 2. And what also is rumors to be, he's going to be a producer slash like helping out advisory consultant role with DC. I, I'm starting to get a little nervous. We not might not see this for a long time. And I am so excited for this. If we put like most anticipated projects that don't have a date on it, the top billing, this would be like in my top five. I'm yeah. so hyped for this. Like a Hemsworth sports movie that like lets him embrace who he is. Like you think of Rush, obviously, with... Uh, Ron Howard back in 2013. And then we also have right here, Todd Phillips, acclaimed director. And then Chris Hemsworth looked like he would play the crap out of Hulk Hogan. He like would he, own like the ring, you know, he like, would there's own no, it. it'd be like no one else could have played him like that. That would be like something like, it seems like it's too perfect. Uh, moving on. We had a couple new seasons or renewals, renewals for certain TV shows. Squid Game officially renewed for season two as speculated. The Boys already renewed for season four. Best show on TV according to Ricky Flicks. Damn uh, I also I do want to move on and talk about something very quickly. The Old Guard. Old Guard sequel is coming and there's two major additions to the cast. Ricky Flicks, did you see The Old Guard? No, but I will after seeing this news. So I saw The Old Guard. It's at points it could be very exciting, but other points really bogged down. It seems like it's a very uneven movie. But Uma Thurman and Henry Golding have been cast in the sequel. Uh, you know, I'm a big Crazy Rich Asians fan, Asians fan, but I'm really excited about Uma Thurman joining this cast alongside Charlize Theron. These are two of the greatest female actors, action stars of the 21st century. So to see them like going back to back here, maybe Uma Thurman in a villainous role or maybe fighting alongside alongside Charlize. Either way, having those two on screen together, Electric Factory. Thoughts? I'm sorry. I What happened? My phone just blew up. I, I have to read this. Uh-uh. And it, it relates to what we were just talking about. So the Hollywood Reporter, Uh-oh. I don't even know if I, if I want to believe this, but like that's a reliable source. Yeah, I'm scared. Just said Lady Gaga is in talks to stars Harley Quinn and Joker too. Shut up. I'm not even joking. There's a Hollywood Reporter article out right now. And then it says, the what? next. The, listen to this. Wait. That's not even the craziest thing. 
Joker Send two. Joker two will be a musical. Get out of here. Send I'm this not, to me now. Ricky, I'm not stop. you. Don't do that. Oh my god, disgusting film tweeted this. Dude, I'm telling you, Joaquin Phoenix and Lady Gaga are in talks to star as Joker and Harley Quinn in a Joker musical sequel. Joaquin Phoenix can sing. What? <laughs> can what? Joaquin Phoenix sing? Is that the question? What are what? Oh my god, just when we do a 180 that we're excited for the sequel, potential two jokers, madness for two. We're talking about a musical. I, I think it's not it's not too late to pull the plug. It's not too late to pull the plug, Ricky. I was like, I don't Ricky, know what they're so thinking. I got the tweet open right now. Let's look at some of the replies right now. SpongeBob, right. dehydrated face. <laughs> That's it. Then it's good. Loki saying, and it's like a thumbnail saying, Are we doomed? So, <laughs> one saying when when Joaquin sings "Bad Romance" with Lady Gaga in a funny picture. Oh my God! Let's let, let, like let's look at the replies from Lady Gaga. This is crazy. Oh, I have I have a good one for a different tweet. Oh my God! It's like, what are your thoughts? And it says, "All I have are this negative isn't a thoughts." Rumor. From... This is like they're in talks. It's confirmed. Yeah. No, it's uh, so like the tweet when I said Joaquin and Lady Gaga like are in talks. Like, what are your thoughts? It's like the scene from the first Joker movie. And when he's at the therapist, he's like, all I have are negative thoughts. <laughs> yeah, that's gold. You're not all listening. Negative thoughts. <laughs> but dude, how crazy is that? Ricky, that's ridiculous. This, this is wild. I can't believe you broke that on the pod. <laughs> it's ridiculous. We might be like... <laughs> well, we know Joaquin can sing, Ricky. From what? What am I missing? What am I forgetting? Ricky. Ricky. Oh, oh, sorry, 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 sorry. Johnny Cash gonna... himself. Sorry. Yo, this is messed up. <laughs> like, sorry. Maybe this is it, all new be, like, listeners, new listeners. I, 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 I Yo, we, used to, we did a draft like Margot two years Robey ago. What does Margot think about this? What does Margot right. Robbie think? Hold on. I think we, we have a lot of new listeners since that draft. We did a draft of like best like uh, with Nez when, when Nez was still on. Like, ne- like we did a best like singer like best songs by like actors or portrayals and i picked johnny uh joaquin phoenix's johnny cash and i made the take that i'd rather listen to joaquin phoenix's johnny cash's album from the soundtrack than johnny cash and i stand by that to this day yes i agree so we have at least some type of hopes for this or positive thoughts for this but that, movie oh my god uh, is that gonna be country <laughs> It's not going to be yeah. a country, though. The like, first he's gotta... one was so dark. It was so dark. Will it be as sadistic as the first one? But Will it musical? relate to the first one? Yo, I think Lady Gaga would be an amazing Harley Quinn. Yeah. I actually, after seeing She's like, going to be Gucci so too. good. She's going to be so good. Joaquin, can you imagine? Joaquin won for Best Actor for the last Joker movie. Like This immediately puts her in Oscar contention as Harley <laughs> Oh, my God. I'm going to say that Dude. now. This immediately puts her in contention. Sequel to a Best Picture winner and a Best Actor well, winner? Well, best Actor winner, Best Picture nominee. Oh, did, did I say winner? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Best Picture, yeah, you got you Yeah, know. nine Best Picture. Oh, sorry, nine Oscar noms, like two Oscar wins for that movie. This is so bold. This is so this bold. This is like Todd Phillips just like 
just like he dropped his nuts on the table. Yeah, thank you. He dropped like, his nuts on the table and said, "We're doing, this. we're doing like, a sequel, are, and we're doing people are a like, musical." Do we need yeah, do we need the sequel? It's like seventy percent of Twitter is like, no, no. like, but like, like the and then, and like twenty, and the then 20% he's like, of okay, like, let's no. make it a musical. <laughs> it's so crazy. <laughs> I'm sure. Oh my god, I'm shook. I don't know how we go on. I don't know either. I think do we I, cut is it that here? it? Do we cut it? <laughs> like I don't is know. That, is, that, is that the last piece of news? Do we have anything else? I, like, I I don't know how we say anything else. Oh yeah, there is one more thing. Paddington three is going to be titled Paddington in Peru, and it's going to be directed by Dougal Wilson. Paddington in Peru will begin filming in twenty twenty three in both London and Peru. That's it. <laughs> Cage, Pedro Pascal, they're both happy. Yo, this is crazy. A musical. Like what? Is, what kind of music is it going to be? Is it going to be all sad? Or? What if they do like a dancing, uh, a dancing on the stairs bit together? Yeah. Or I don't know. I don't know. Like I, I this is I don't know. No, but like it's probably like she's a therapist. If they go up to the see, if the real talk, if we if it's gonna connect to the first one, he's in that mental institute. That means Lady Gaga is definitely a therapist or a doctor in there, right? Straight and then out. boom, yeah, it's ma- that's literally just a lead in right away into the second one, maybe. That makes sense. That's the story of Harley Quinn. Yeah. Yeah. Too easy. It only makes sense. All right. That's going to do it for the checkup this week. I think it's time for us to move on somehow to our review of Netflix's Hustle. All right. A review for this week. Uh, We have Hustle starring Adam Sandler, a basketball movie, uh, inspirational sports movie. Uh, We're going to give you the synopsis. We're going to give you the IMDb and the Rotten Tomatoes. Then we're going to dive in and analyze so synopsis reads stanley sugarman played by adam sandler his love for basketball is unparalleled but the travel wary philadelphia 76ers scout who has higher ambitions of being a coach remains stuck on the road looking for the next unknown talent the search around the world leads him to spain when he discovers Bo cruz played by nba player Juancho hernan gomez an incredible street ball player with a troubled past Stanley and Bo connect on and off the court with their passion for the game and as loving family men who want to prove they can win in basketball and in life. With the support of Stanley's wife, played by Queen Latifah, can the underdogs come out on top? So, on Rotten Tomatoes, this has a 91% rating, certified fresh. Audience score has it, guess what, even better, 92%. IMDb holds this at 7.4 out of 10. So, Ricky Flex, I think... We have to look at Adam Sandler for a sec. Adam Sandler has done countless Netflix movies to this point. What are your thoughts on Sandler's Netflix career thus thus far, thus far, leading to Hustle, his latest endeavor? It's weird, right? Very weird. He starts uh-huh. out like Ridiculous Six, those type of movies, right? And he, then he kind of gets a little crazy, right? Teams up with... Uh, Hoffman, Stiller, Noah Baumbach, written script, The Meyerowitz Stories, right? And that's like a great movie, just a little sad, but like it, Noah Baumbach wrote it, so yeah. But um, that was kind of the turn where he's like, he'll still do his murder mystery. He'll still do like a couple like funny comedies, right? But, you know, he does an Uncut Gems 2018, and now he's done this, which, of course, like this is like, you know, a little cliche at times, right? Different, but a little like sports drama, cliche, inspirational movie. But it's still like Sandler's like definitely passion, shows his passion for this project here. Unlike his like Ridiculous Six where he's just doing it for the paycheck or Hubie Halloween. So 
I think that now it's like, all right, he's got Spaceman coming out potentially later this year, if not early next year. You already shot it. With Kerry Mulligan, Dano, mm-hmm. Plump Boy for Life. Like that's gonna and like that and the director there is uh Johan Renk, who directed Chernobyl. Yeah. And won an Emmy for that. So like that's gonna be a serious movie. And if that comes out this fall slash holiday season, are we talking are we talking awards like rounds for Sandler again? Like we, we don't do know that anymore with Sandler. I don't know if we could do it anymore because we're just gonna jinx him. Yeah. Well, <laughs> at the end of the day, you talk. He, he doesn't care about the awards though. Like, like yeah, he was doing uncut gems. He was very apathetic, or at least was like portraying that right throughout that run. But yeah, sorry, finish your thought. No, I just yeah to finish my thought. It's just like no, like you're right. Just to recap, what he's gone to in Netflix, he's literally got such volatile movies. And he's still doing it because Hubie Halloween was just last year or two years ago. So it's, he's just not going to stop doing that. But he's also like still doing like passion, serious roles. Yeah. So he's been doing the Netflix movie since like 2015. Like he's been doing these for he's one of the first like major Hollywood stars to sign a long term deal with a streaming service. And you're right. Like you have a wide range of films with Sandler. You talk about Meyerowitz stories, and that's more like the dramatic turn we've seen from Sandler in recent memory. Uh, but he also is doing like his ridiculous comedies that he was so known for early on in his career. But it seems like he is even more like apathetic to critics in for these streaming movies, like Ridiculous Six, Hubie Halloween. It's more of like to show like he could just like almost show just basically purely try to try and make people laugh. He can make movies with his friends. Uh, but he has full control over them. And this is interesting because this new movie, it seems like Sandler, obviously producers for this one are like LeBron James, Maverick Carter, but there still largely has like Adam Sandler's imprints on this movie. And you, you mentioned, this is kind of like a passion project for him. Okay. What do we know about Adam Sandler outside of movie making? He loves basketball, right? He's knowledgeable about basketball. Would and I wears gym shorts around his knees. Having yes, and like you see those highlights that come out every once in a while they go viral because he's like Steve Nash-esque passer on the streetball court. So I think it's interesting how like you how you can kind of connect those ridiculous six movies to this one for Netflix. It's still Sandler in control, doing what he wants to. But this is just in a more obviously a dramatic turn that has only a, a limited amount of comedy in it. So we I love Sandler. Like he's like all time favorite actor. Not my number one, but he's an all time favorite actor. One of my favorite people in history, right? Even more so. Uh, he's so likable and he's so common man. Uh, more so than a lot of actors, maybe every actor who's ever existed. Like he is so much common man. So this was cool to watch, cool to watch. And he's done sports movies in the past, right? He's done Waterboy. He's done Longest Yard. What am I missing? Happy Gilmore. Happy. Oh my gosh. Shame on me. Uh, Happy Gilmore. And then obviously Hustle Now. I guess what were your initial reactions upon finishing the film? My very first one, and it makes sense why it wasn't in the movie, but I was shocked. And shoot a basketball the entire movie. I know he had the hand issue in the movie, but I was like, yeah, "That's like, why." <laughs> I'm like, "Damn!" Like, I'm shocked. Adam Sandler, like, it's crazy. But um, no, like, and my next reaction was, "Holy crap!" They really like LeBron James. You could tell he produced this, or at least him and Maverick Carter, because they had a thousand NBA players in this, and not just players, stars. And they actually stayed like true to the roots. Like, and when they were in Spain, they had all the Spanish players. Like, they actually like did all like the they did all the hits 
they they were, they hit um what am I trying to say? Like they actually like stuck to the roots. Like they did have like Kenny the Jet Smith not as himself, but they had Trey Young in it, and he actually was Trey Young. You know what I'm trying yeah. to say? But then they incorporated other NBA players like or former like that uh, Kenny the Jet Smith or an Anthony Edwards who did not play himself, and he was great as like a villain. Mm-hmm. He was great in this. I thought we'll get to him for sure. So yeah. I just think that the way they incorporated former and new and current NBA players was very interesting. And some cliches, some not. And I think that that's what made this a little more unique, especially with the, I guess, Adam Sandler's the main character, but with uh, Herman, um, sorry, Juancho Herman Gomez. So yeah. Bo, whatever, Bo, whatever is his last name. Um. So I guess initial reactions, it was good. I don't think it was great. I don't think it was like the best Netflix movie that there's been. It's not the best Sandler sports movie that there's been, but it definitely was enjoyable. And I think it had a lot of good parts in it. And uh, I think Sandler is excellent in this movie. Uh, I really enjoyed him. I think uh, uh, Juancho Hernan Gomez is also very good in this movie for someone with little acting experience. And this is not really a personal story for him. Uh, it's not a direct like story about his rise from the NBA. He played in the Spanish league before he was drafted in the first round. Uh, it, uh, I forgot by what team. I think it was the Timberwolves that drafted him. But I thought it was a good movie. I do think it has, you could tell it's like LeBron James imprint because you had almost like a Space Jam, new legacy vibes in terms of the cameos in this movie. Who was appearing? Uh, I thought it almost was annoying by the end of it where it's just like it, it felt like people were begging to be in this movie as if it was the next space jam and like how can i be a part of this how can i be a part of this like doc river showing up at the end brad stevens showing up well like like in like dirk and on a phone luka Doncic, like uh, like online like it just seemed like they were really it was just trying to like be like oh it's that guy it's that guy it's that guy to try but, and make it relatable to young people you what know? i found interesting the re- and part of the reason i brought this up is also um what you said but you, with Space Jam is that in Space Jam, do you remember like LeBron was struggling to fill out his team, like the Monstars, like Giannis didn't want to do it. Like a lot yeah. of people didn't want to do it. And this one, it seems like everyone wanted to be a part of this movie. Because Sandler. Is it because of Sandler or is it because, you know what, LeBron is not, we're not helping LeBron. This isn't LeBron's thing. Like, this is Adam Sandler's thing. We're just going to be in it for Adam Sandler, like, and not because of LeBron. I think a lot of it, I listened to an interview with Sandler um, with, with Bill Simmons. And okay. uh, he he talked about a lot of the players that showed up actually have strong relationships with uh, Hernan Gomez, and they trained together. Really, Anthony Edwards trains with Hernan Gomez, and uh, uh, wow. So, uh, and like Anthony Edwards is only twenty years old; he's the youngest player in the NBA, which yeah. is crazy. Uh, wow. So, and to see him so menacing here, uh, and we're, we'll talk about his performance. But uh, I think it was cool to see like him, uh, inexperienced actor, so young, like in a Sandler movie, pretty much as the main villain if we want to call him that no pretty impressive pretty impressive yeah. there and he and I, like <clears throat> i don't think he was the only like solid performance here by an nba like player slash announcer slash like someone related to the game i thought kenny smith kenny smith was pretty good too i enjoyed him i didn't think he was bad and i think he was formidable i think him talking about titties was hilarious like that was <laughs> one of my favorite scenes in the movie like how like we see him and like like a PG 13 type of Kenny Smith, like uh, next to Shaq and Barkley on TNT. Uh, and then to see him like an R rated movie, it's like, ah, uh-huh. it can kind of like be him, it can kind of be like a, himself a little bit, even though he's not necessarily playing himself. 
Uh, but yeah, I guess any other thoughts on performances from like uh, players or people related in the NBA that you saw? Um, I think you kind of summed it up well. I'm just trying to think of other people uh, that, that were like that are players wise, but I think you pretty much hit all the main ones. Like Kyle Lowry, kind of like, and uh, who was he with? Forget, um, kind of a jerk in it. Um, it's towards the beginning. Chris like, Middleton I, was in the movie. Chris um, Middleton was good in this short little, th- uh, little. There was line. no one that had like, uh, but it was the one with screen time. Other than the I, yeah, it was just like Kyle Lowry and I forget who the other NBA player. They were like going to get dinner with, uh, the guy, the 76ers owner Ben Foster. Like, yep. why are you getting dinner with him? Yeah, like, maybe maybe he's like a cooler. He's like Mark Cuban. No, but he's player. obviously a jerk. Yeah, but like I don't know, like people. Some people don't like Mark Cuban. You know, <laughs> I'm not saying he's that. This guy doesn't seem cool though. I don't know. He, he, he tries I mean, too he hard. Owns, he owns an NBA team. That's kind of cool. Yeah. So okay. I think uh, where I want to transfer now. Our initial talk was on Sandler to begin this. Uh, so I think we got to talk about his performance. How do you think he did in this dramatic turn as an NBA scout? That is good. Definitely tried hard. Maybe a little too hard at times. Definitely with the anger moments. Um, but overall, like I thought it was good. No, like uncut gems or Myra with stories type of performance as in quality, but it was definitely more than formidable. Like no complaints here. Like, again, like we're not talking uncut gems or awards conversation. This is just a good performance in a good movie. Yeah, I think you're solid. <clears throat> he definitely is volatile in certain moments. Like he's subdued and like almost a Sandler thing where he acts like he doesn't care. Like when he's like in a movie and then all of a sudden he's screaming after and like 10 seconds later and like on a telephone or he's like smashing a phone, something like that. Um, <laughs> That's a good way to put it. I think also I bu- I actually bought him as a scout. Like I actually believed he could be a scout. Like by the way, his knowledge of the game, the way he was talking about it, like he didn't have to do much learning with the role. As we said before, like a passion project and some something that like he loves. He loves to play basketball. He loves to talk to NBA players. Okay, he well he put Kevin like he was a star in a movie with Kevin Garnett. Like it was actually a travesty. Kevin Garnett wasn't in this movie somehow. I don't know how we couldn't pull this. <laughs> yeah, off. but um, as an NBA that. scout, I th- I found it believable. Like him as a coach, not as much, but the fact that he's so personable, he's not afraid to talk to people. It just seemed like if I was to see Adam Sandler in a basketball movie, this was the role I would have saw. I got I, I, like I find him the most believable, so I like that aspect. Casting was good. I I agree. I the only thing I would say is not related to like him, but it's more like I think the montage in the beginning of him going around like uh, Europe and uh, Asia. Um, searching for like the next big town or whatever. I thought that was a good montage, like seeing how everyone's like not good, like Mo Wagner, how he's the best, but like you know, is it Wagner? Old? Come on, Ricky, Wagner, Eastern European. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, Pretty but sure. then they freaking find the guy Herman Gomez, like on the streets and boots, and like it's a one-on-one game. Like you're gonna find out he's like the best player, like best prospect from a one-on-one game. Like I, ugh, I didn't like that as much, but that's I'm nitpicking. It seems like I, I didn't find it that unbelievable because like that's how some NBA players are found, you know. Like sometimes but, it is like like random on the streets, like what popular street games, okay, where some of the best players play. A lot of times NBA stars like in the offseason will go play in summer leagues, like on like basically street ball. They'll just go. And so that's where you can find people that like potent that have potential, or maybe someone that didn't play in college or they're about to go to college. Um 
Yeah, so I guess it's a little far-fetched by the fact that he hadn't played basketball in eight years in an organized right. league. If they could have like shortened that up a little bit, like it was three years ago. Yeah, this isn't he like had to work to support a family, things like that. Then I get it. But yeah, there is a little far-fetched. Yeah, it's not like like in blue chips uh, with Shaq, like playing in the underground and like basketball league. Yeah, that was like they made that as believable as you could do. Like right. this, just like I think if they did something like that. I wouldn't have been an eye at it. But it's almost like a kind of goes with the story. Like it's per chance he has to get a little lucky, right? Finds this dude and thinks it's going to be his avenue, like to get back on the bench and everything. Um, yeah, I mean, he ends up being like the right choice and everything. And destiny, I like, kind of pursues, like, like it kind of prevails, I should say. Uh, but I think we should talk about the street baller, Herding Gomez himself, uh, player on the Jazz right now. I think I'll start off by just saying, I thought he was fine. Like, I don't think he was bad. I definitely don't think he held back the movie. I think the filmmakers were smart in how he was portrayed. I don't think he had a lengthy dialogue, like, throughout the movie. A lot of times it was short answers. Sometimes he's doing a lot of acting non-verbally, which I like. And also, he's an absolute monster in the gym. And that's all you needed in this movie. Short lines. Have have that chemistry with Sandler and then be able to absolutely murder some modern-day basketball workouts. And that... Mm -hmm. In that perspective, he he definitely succeeded. Do you know what helped him in this movie? And the, I do think like physically, like acting, like not only like playing basketball and like the strength training and everything, but like physically as in like emotionally. Yeah, I thought he was good. But what helped, I think, is that I didn't recognize that was Herman Gomez. I, if you told me that was just an actor that was good at basketball, I would have believed you. That's yeah, good for him. Though. I think that I think that like number one, that good for him. It shows like okay, good actor. But also it shows like if imagine if that was like LeBron or like, I don't know, like uh, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum. Like if it was like a star. I don't know. Like that takes away from it. Because, they, oh, like he, they are going to make it. You know, they're going to make it. Or they, that yeah. cliche is already set in stone. Like this one's like you have to like remind like I literally did not recognize Herman Gomez. That's good. Yeah, I agree with you. It's, it's good because like Anthony Edwards, we do know. And right. we know he physically is a specimen. He's able to do a lot of things on the basketball court that a lot of other players can't athletically. So I think having him as the villain was good against a nobody, like Rocky type story. You know, that makes sense. Philadelphia area. Um, 100% agree. 100% agree. Um, I think we should just naturally go to Anthony Edwards as the villain here. So what were your thoughts on his performance? Uh, <laughs> would you want to see him do another movie? I don't know if I want to see him do another movie, but like if there's another basketball movie, I'd be down to see him again as like a villainous part. Like I think he was good. Um, definitely like the stereotypical like trash talker on the court. Very good. The way they filmed it when they zoom in on the head, I think that was good. A good decision by the filmmaker there. Um, yeah, I, I honestly think like it was all good. I just want to know why they chose Kermit as the name. That's I really want to know. Questionable why. to say the least. Like Kermit? Why Kermit? But yeah. other than that, good, formidable. I think he was almost too believable as like a trash talker, an evil type figure. I'm gonna watch him closer next season and see how he actually <laughs> behaves on the court because like he was pretty mean, like really mean, yeah. you know. And like as a, it's also like he's like going against this much bigger dude, and he the, he's only 19, 20 years old compared to Hernan Gomez, who's my age, who's 26. So it's kind of crazy that like, he was like so like I think he, I really Alpha. thought that he was in his head. He alphaed him big time. Uh, I think it was a good role for an NBA star. Um, 
it's one note, no background on the character. All the director had to say was go be an a-hole to this dude on the court. Just be like, just be mean. I wonder how much what, what he said was like, okay, this is what I would say in a game. I was trash talking. Like some of that obviously is very scripted, but other points I'm wondering, like maybe just threw in a couple other chirps. I want to like see the deleted scenes and say what was always happening. That would be interesting too. And uh, I want to see like other ca- like yeah. options. It could have been like, who could have been that other, other people, other players Draymond. that were right. That'd be a good one. But I mean, I mean like actually people that were actually like in the, in talks to maybe be Anthony, the Kermit character. Yeah, I know. I like, I'm, I'm just saying Draymond would have been a good choice. Mm. Like, Draymond could have easily done that, but maybe you need someone younger, obviously, because it's a draft combine. Let's think. Young NBA stars have an edge to them. Trey Young. Trey Young. I was going to say Hassan Whiteside wouldn't have been a bad one a couple of years ago. Who, um, else? Who else? Who else? Young guy, big guy. I think big man. Joel Russell, Embiid. Russell Westbrook would have been a good one, but he's a little older now. Embiid, if you look younger. Embiid also has a little Greg Oden syndrome mm. going on. Looks a little bit older. Mm. Um, hey, we have some good ones. Kristaps. Uh, Kristaps. Kristaps. <laughs> Two international guys. You can't have another one. But I think also when you talk think about um the story here, I think that's important. Uh when you uh, it's relevant to modern day NBA. Uh, obviously it ends traditionally with a big game at the end, and it's like a person with the Rocky story, underdog, like overcoming like the bad guy. Like it's like all very like sports movie, right? This whole thing. And uh they're not shy about like admitting that. But I think it was interesting how they, they almost like look at Giannis and what he, happened with his career, inexperienced like at the pro level, but he's coming from like a low income family with harsh times put upon them and now coming to the NBA. Like that's a very popular story. And I, I think it's not a coincidence that like they use Dirk Nowitzki when Sandler is FaceTiming, right, him to convince Hernan Gomez to like trust him that he's an NBA scout. You can trust me. I want to like bring you success like Dirk probably the best example of it someone coming overseas to compete in the NBA a top 15 arguably all-time player I think it was a good way to like have a little twist or have a different storyline for basketball yeah definitely having the international players was key in this not only the Spanish players in that first initial workout in Spain but then Luca talking about him yep then Dirk obviously there. So I think that was very key in this movie to have not only with the NBA stars, but the international NBA stars as well. hundred percent. Uh, yeah. Cause like the ones we see are always like the high school team. That's like the 1950s. A lot of the time, or it's like <laughs> the, like the black team who like is playing against the white kids. Or it's like, it's like all very traditional. Like they all end very similarly, but right. like they had that different dynamic where okay, overseas player coming over, uh, training montages. We gotta talk about it because this is one of my flaws in the movie. Um, I thought the exercises were cool. Like they were cool. Like him, like with the rope, dribbling a ball. Like all the modern day like workouts that they got, and then also old school running up the hill, Rocky style, get to the top. Mm. But it was way too long. Literally it, felt it, like I was watching a training montage for half an hour. I, I was thinking this movie could have been a lot shorter and just take away some of these montages. Like they were good, but I could have been done watching this movie in an hour. This could have been like a fake documentary. Yeah. I like, I just thought like, 
Like I love to watch like the basketball, him yamming it. All right. The guy bodying him, but it seems like we're doing a lot of repetition. <laughs> a lot of things. It's over like we're over just there. trying to fill airtime for Netflix. They're doing here. like the time. Like he's got to be, he's got to hit 145. And then it was like 210 next time, 209. I'm like, come on, yes. he's got to make up, he's got to make up a few seconds here. <laughs> and then he goes back up to 212. I'm like, damn it. So like, I got to keep going. We saw way too many, uh, hill, hill, hill jogs, way too yeah. many. And I also think he, like Hernan Gomez is a beast though. Like he is a beast. Oh, yeah. Like watching those workouts, I felt like I was watching Drago, but I was rooting for him. Like you're watching Drago, but he's skinny. <laughs> yeah, and I'm just rooting for him. But like, and the guy can shoot. Even though From he's working 30. out, that and like yoked up and straining threes. Right? People are gonna like people are gonna study this tape, Ricky. Like the next year, they make Hernan Gomez. Man, he could shoot. Did you see Hustle? Um, <laughs> Uh, I think I also got to talk about how weird Ben Foster looks in this movie. What the hell? That's, I thought he was bad in this. And I Dude, he looked like ben he Foster had like the guy. biggest brain that's ever existed. It his head tough. looked so big and cue ball. His whole character was tough. And the look, you're right. Really bad. So I'm really bad. disappointed in that. <laughs> to me, it was like ridiculous. Like Sandler, I believe as a scout. Uh, when I heard like Ben Foster talking basketball, I didn't find it believable whatsoever. Did not find him like 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 fitting for that role. Other than the fact he looked like he really could be Robert Duvall's kid. <laughs> I believe I, that. I did, I actually did believe that. I think Robert Duvall was good in that very very limited screen time. That but brought like, some legitimacy to the movie too. Yeah, like Robert Duvall did this. What? Like he was pretty good. Like when it was. said and Robert Duvall, I was like, hold the phone. <laughs> but like I don't know, just like I don't know Ben Foster. I'm a huge fan of his. Like from Hell or High Water. Like I think he should have been at least nominated for best supporting actor. It's like um, Renner in the town in that one. Yeah, exactly. I if not like Marshall Ali, obviously one for Moon Knight. You're not going to debate me on. I'm not going to debate that. But after that, the best supporting role that year. But this movie just did not help him at all. No, really did not. So yeah. really disappointed for that. Like if you are like the worst performer from an actual actor in a Sandler movie, like you're in bad shape. It's like, tough. You're in bad shape. It's good. And again, and uh, I was going to say this is just basically the, him and the, the sister from SNL. Forget her name. Uh, in this, but uh. It's basically just playing on Jeannie and Jerry Buss. Yeah. Or Jerry is Jeannie and Jim Buss, Jerry Buss's uh, kid, two of Jerry Buss's kids. So, right. It's a clear indication there or a clear like an analogy or whatever. I think as we are like wrapping up here, like any other detractions you had from this movie, do you think that like really, like I guess, threw you off and maybe didn't put it into the upper echelon of sports movies? So, when you, when you said 90, I got like from not Ron Tomatoes, I was like, what? Like 90. Um, for me, this is a weaker Jerry Maguire. Like a poor man's Jerry Maguire. I think Jerry Maguire, obviously, he's not the trainer. He's a, a sports agent. So it's also looking at it through that lens. But that also had a better like romantic side. He was well. his agent, basically. Yeah, he was also agent. But like this really focused. Like we just talked about how many montages there were for training, right? And he wanted to get back to the, the, the bench, assistant coaching job, and get back to that. So it was kind of surrounded by that. This Jerry Maguire was just a full blown like masterclass in movie making. So because the sports was like kind of like the afterthought. This was like clearly the sports is the main driver of the movie. Real realistic great. basketball scenes though, like that was really good. Oh okay. yeah, 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 yeah. I would just say like as you you asked me like about like what's holding this back from being like one of the best sports movies. It's just like yeah. I don't know. It's just like for me, it was like not the greatest movie. 
but for your standpoint, when you're saying like the basketball, the actual sports scenes, I would say they're one of the, some of the better sports scenes that we've seen. They went the miracle route, right? As opposed to like the Mighty Ducks route. They picked like <laughs> people that know how to play basketball, understand basketball over people that have to learn how to play for a movie, right? Actors have to learn how to play, right? When you cast those players, right? You really only need Sandler to know what he's doing. And we've seen what Sandler can do. So like the movie becomes believable and it works, right? So that aspect, good. But I agree with you too. Like overall elements of a movie I didn't exactly like. I thought like this movie sometimes didn't know what it should be. Like it would have been, I think they tried to over layer Sandler's character a little bit. Like we didn't need the hand thing. I don't think we needed that. Like you already had enough going on where it's like he never sees his daughter. He's always on the move. Okay. He wants to be an assistant coach. He, like the guy, uh, Ben Foster's character hates him and he has a relationship with Robert Duvall. And then you're adding to the fact he served six months in prison, spoiler alert, right? For like cracking his hand. And then I, his team costs his team a championship. I'm like, dude, this guy has enough adversity going on right now. You don't have to keep piling on. It's a simple movie. You know? But his job, like we're taking a chance on this guy. Like I literally wrote down, replace hands, uh, hand. I, I said bit, replace hand bit with more father daughter development. Yes, I agree. I wrote that down as well. Like it just feels <laughs> like that was more important. And then it's just like, oh, you know, they're gonna bring up the hand at some point. What the hell happened? And yeah. it just seems then, like, yeah, like, but it's kind of weird because, like, obviously, you think hand, un, unable to use the hand. Adam Sandler sports movie. What do you think of Ricky Flex? Yeah, it's Chubbs. It's... Chubbs. And he's also in a mentor role here. So this is kind of a messed up like legacy sequel it, to they had to think more. Had... <laughs> There's a lot of, it's gotta be, right? It's, it's, it's... Carl Weathers should have showed up as like a scout, like one of his like all-time friends or something. Oh, we didn't like, even mention Dr. J is in this. Like, yeah, a Dr. big role. J. <laughs> that was that talk about another beef I have with this movie, yeah. Ricky. Like this movie started off very good, in my opinion, uh, up until the middle. Went uh spoiler alert here. Okay, so fast it's forward. hustle. Like it's it's you know fast forward if you don't want to hear it. Uh 15 but that moment where they're like, Okay, what are we gonna do to get in this combine? And they're yeah. like, Oh, we have to go viral. Too meta, I'm too meta. Like, no, but it's also kind of believable, but just the way that it, they go about it is unbelievable. Where it's like, Yes, we gotta get seen, we gotta make a YouTube, make a mixtape. That is common with street ballers, like that happens all the time. Right? And they got real street noticed. ballers in this movie, and too. And you get, like, millions of views. That can actually happen. But the fact that you have Julius Randall, uh, Dr. J, not Julius Randall, you got Dr. J showing up <laughs> on the court, right, to introduce him before an Instagram live. I was just like, what is happening right now, right? Team Boa, what is this? Oh, that To me, that was a little silly, a little silly. I don't mind the fact they wanted to go viral, just like how they incorporated, like, NBA players as you go. It's like, okay, now it feels like Space Jam. Oh no, I I never got the Space Jam vibes, but I do understand. With all those cameos, you never got a Space Jam vibe. Not Space Jam, but like definitely the cam. The Space end Jam was the end was just like it was just they were like okay, like he he made it. Let's just show off Brad Steven. Let's go Mark Jackson. Let's go Kenny Smith. Like they just like right, but, went through the gauntlet of NBA like names. But I guess like why I don't think of Space Jam is like Space Jam like. Oh, oh! So you're talking about like Space Jam, like not just the players, but also like all the IP they showed. I saw, yeah, I think they were okay. Obsessed. Then yeah, I, I agree. Then I thought you were just talking about the players, like Space Jam, like they only had like five other players. So like, no, I'm just talking like, about like they they feel like they need to show like all these okay. NBA players that are like in this movie, like like a okay. show and tell. I guess like at the end of the day, though, you kind of understand it because like you know it's 
this count the combine so they you kind of understand it but i i guess i understand your point i guess i agree with you just not i guess i'm just not as committed to the take as you are yeah to me it was just bothering me uh i do i do think it had a lot of heart in it though which i like like a good sports movie you gotta have mm. heart the end nearly got me the end nearly got me when they showed the tattoo on the left arm <laughs> that he saved for his dad right because he doesn't want to save anything for his dad and he has the sandler quote the sugarman quote that says never back down i was like in the oak tree i was like damn there oh, it is. that's another thing i have to say like not a gripe or anything but i i hear, I hear never back down in too many movies guys never back down that's that's an actual movie that's what I'm gonna think of every every single time. Like, sure like I, I think that as well. But I, like Jake Tyler, like Jake Tyler, Jake Tyler, never back down. We cannot be saying that anymore in movies because we we'll always think of never back down. I think we should have a draft, Ricky, of like worst movies, best soundtracks. Well, I actually didn't know season picks. That's a good one though. I think that's a good one. But, um, I thought you were gonna say like worst movies that are that we like. <laughs> never back down. I love that movie. I'm gonna like, watch it. I don't, I, I don't mean to sound disrespectful. It's not a bad movie. It, it it's kind of like if you if I watch it now, I think I'd be like, this is trash. But like I I am entertained. It's rough. You got Dijman Hansu doing fly kicks. Like, dude, a pregame movie. We talk about pregame movies. Like before you hit the bars, that should be drafted. Rise Against on that album, doing the training montages. Also, a young was it Evan Peters in that one? Yes. Oh, he gets beat up so bad. So bad. and you got like wannabe Amber Heard as the girl. Or was it Amber? No, Heard? there was Amber Heard. <laughs> oh, really? Wow, this comes full circle to last week. Wowzers. Let's cut it there. Uh no, we need uh scores. <laughs> we need scores. Scores for hustle. You want me to go first? I'll go first. I'll give a 73. Okay, we're aligned on this. I have a 70. Okay. Good. It again, like it's a poor man's Jerry Maguire in my eyes, but it was good. Yeah. Uh, it's definitely worth a watch if you have, if you have not seen it and you've listened to this review and you know how it's going to end. But I think uh, if you like Sandler, you should watch him in a dramatic role here. Uh, it's like it's not his best dramatic role. He hasn't had many, but it certainly is uh, formidable. And I think he all it's not just formidable. It's good. Like he does a good job. Mm, I agree. All right, that's gonna do it for our review of Netflix's Hustle, and that's gonna do it for our episode. Okay. Uh, feed this week. What does the podcast look like? We have our Adam Sandler movie draft coming to you Wednesday this week. All right. Uh, after Wednesday, we have Obi-Wan Kenobi episode five recap. Sorry, I'm trying to think on top of my head. Episode five recap. And I think we're going to parlay that with the boys episode parlay. four. Right, boys. Episode four minus one hundred. No, I'm sorry. Uh, so what do you think? Are we gonna do that, boys? Obi Wan. Yeah, you know I'm down. All right, let's do it. We got to talk about the boys more. It's these Friday drops, like they're good, and we talked about that last episode. But at the same time, we don't get to really drop an episode. We don't want to drop one on a Saturday. It's bad for the podcasters and it's like podcasting, but it's good for exactly. Uh, all right, so. With that being said, make sure you're following us wherever you're listening. Make sure you're also subscri subscribed to our YouTube and following us on social media. That's going to do it for episode 114. Until next time, we will smell you.